to Trust in Evil. I'm Sam. And I'm Bryony. And Johnny Depp number four. Okay, so that's Johnny Depp case Right, so four. it's season two, episode 14, Johnny Depp four. Yeah. Fuck, look at me. Yeah. yeah. On it. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm on it. We just did a little live on our Facebook, show yeah. our faces, that you know. So if you're not on there, get on there. Because yeah. sometimes we do little lives and shit. Yeah. She didn't want to show her face, really. She's got new hair. So. Oh, new hair. I want to show off yeah. to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Other so, than me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted just people to just comment and be like, look at her hair. Yeah. Look at her fucking hair. Shucks, though. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Sam's case. We've discussed on Facebook how we think what we're going to do going forward. First of all, I want to apologise for not releasing the case on Sunday. For some, I've, it must have been Anchor that was down. Um, It just wouldn't let me upload. It would start uploading, but it just wouldn't upload past like 10, 15 percent. Yeah. It just would not upload. Anyway, finally, I had to shut the whole thing down, redo it all, and it uploaded. So got a feeling it's uploaded twice, if I remember right. Oh, of course. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> of course. So, yeah, that wasn't, that was, I mean, it, you know, bad on us, but we did try. Yeah, we did try. So, anyway, what we've decided we're going to do is we're going to do, so this episode is going to be released tomorrow. And then I am going to release a case, my case on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to release the fifth part of this one on Thursday. Yeah. And then we'll record again on Sunday. And then we'll go back to just one a week. Yeah, then we'll go back to just one a week. And it'll be, if Sam's still doing Johnny, it'll be Johnny one week. And then my case the following week until we're up to scratch. And then I think when Sam finishes Johnny, did you say you wanted some time off? Yeah, just just a couple, like just so I can catch up with some coursework. Yeah, and okay, stuff. that's fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, just she's not young though. By the way, when she does coursework, <laughs> she's like middle age. I'm a mature student. She's a mature. Is that what mature, they call you? Mature student. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when I was a geriatric mum. Yeah. When I was pregnant. <laughs> she's like, you know, I just uh, mate, just put you on extra scans and things. Yeah, because yeah. you're so fucking old, old, old fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, one of those. Right. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Okay, go on, go. So, go this, uh, well, I love all, all these cases because I'm into it, but I'm really, really, really happy with this one. Well, not happy that I've done it, but... Oh, hold on, before you go, we did say as well, we'll just catch everyone up, that um, there's like, there'll be extra bits coming out as we go, won't there? Like, as the weeks go on of extra the Johnny case. Bit. Oh, yeah, so basically, it's... Um, Amber's done a few interviews, all the lawyers have done a few interviews, and I would imagine we haven't heard the, the last of Amber, not no. at all. So, the thought behind it was, is, you know, finish this case, the court case. Yeah. And then we'll see what more happens and we'll do like a update, kind of what's gone on. Yeah. Or how crazy Amber's been since. Yeah, because <laughs> Sam's really enjoyed doing this. And I said to her, like, if you've enjoyed it and your like, heart is in it, for as long as your heart's in it, do it. Rock it. Because there'll be people that wouldn't have heard the interviews or wouldn't have heard the case like this as in like you know they because it's a lot it's a lot to watch yeah the whole trial like how many hours do you know what i watch i reckon 75 percent of it yeah and well actually i watched over 100 percent of it if you take i watch about 75 percent of the actual trial and then i watch so many other people's like commentary on it and yeah legal people and (laughs) body language people, uh, yeah. all the people, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... um, I, I wouldn't even like to say how many hours I've dedicated to it. No, I really so, wouldn't. So, yeah, so I reckon... um, Yeah, if your heart's in it, as long as your heart's in it, you carry on doing it. Cool. Can you do you, babe? I'll do me. You fucking do you. So you rock I it. Shall. You're so cool. So, I anyway, I you. back to it. I know you do. Everyone do does. I can't help it. I just, <laughs> no, go on. I ooze all Start your case. I'm talking about myself. Can you stop? <laughs> so yeah, I'm really excited about this one because I get to talk about Dr. Shannon McC- uh, not McCurry, Curry. Um, is this a sexy one? Yeah, yeah, so sexy. She is hot though, isn't she? I tell you what, I'm not a lesbian, but you if I had bit. her and Camille, I think I'd live happily ever after. Yeah, they're both very attractive ladies. Attractive, aren't they? clever. Yeah, you know, bringing in the income together. Yeah, high earners. What's not to love? High flyers. Yeah. I bet they drive a few. I was going to say Porsche. That's the Porsche car I know, but I know there's more yeah, better ones. More better Lamborghini. ones. More, more or better. More better ones. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. If American people are English. If American, if American people are English, <laughs> they'd probably be English, darling. Yeah, no, what I meant to say was, I'm very tired, but what I meant to say was, if American people are listening, don't 
take us on English words because we cannot speak properly. <laughs> More better. <laughs> More or better, yeah. We are not good influencers if you are trying to learn how the English language in England is spoken. <laughs> no, definitely not. Oh, no, we're not. Oh, no, no darling. Oh, golly gosh. How dare you? <laughs> right, you start your case, my love. I shall. Thank you. Right, I can't do that all the way through. I'm sorry. No, it's hard work, isn't it? <laughs> So, Dr. McCurry was an expert witness for Johnny and was the only one really after the divorce um, that spent any time medically with Johnny and Amber. Okay. Amber had her psychologist lady came in. She'd only spoken to Amber. She did make judgments on Johnny, although she'd never spoken to him. Who is this? Her, the the psychologist lady that Amber brought in. Right, okay. Yeah, she made judgments and told us why Johnny does what he does. Having never met him, she got this is the one that you said got information out from watching Pirates. Oh, I thought that was a bloke. No, that was Dr. Hughes. She was, oh, no, no, that was Dr. Spiegel or something. No. Shh. Yeah, no, you're right. That was Dr. Spiegel. I'm always right. <laughs> yes yes you are hmm. um so yeah she was the only one that spent time and she did spend i can't remember the exact amount but she spent a lot of time with amber it wasn't just oh come in for an hour but did she like blow shit up her ass or was she like she's a fucking fruit loop did amber blow shit no no, no. did this woman like blow shit up Amber's ass like oh yeah she's amazing she's great like amber rules sort of thing no. or was she like she's a fruit loop Basically, she was very fair, and although she was Johnny's expert witness, and a lot of what she was saying was kind of detrimental to Amber's case. Hold on, I'm getting confused here because I thought we were talking about the one that didn't speak to Johnny. Oh, Doctor Hughes. Yeah, sorry, I thought Doctor Hughes. What's this one called again? This is Doctor Curry. Right. So Doctor Hughes. Did she? Was she like all for Amber? Yeah. Oh yeah. Amber yeah. can't do anything wrong. Yeah, I have Amber. mentioned her later on down the line. I don't know if okay. it's in this case though. Okay. I think it might be. Um. But yeah, it was ridiculous. But Dr. Dr. McCurry. McCurry. Uh, Curry, trying, to McCurry. Your trying to read your notes. You've got that there. But Dr. McCurry, she... Well, she's Dr. Curry. I keep saying McCurry because it's my oh, sister's last name. Okay. And I hear Curry. I think McCurry. Right. Okay. So Dr. Curry, she was fair. Yeah. Very okay. fair. And she did seem to purely go off of what was in front of her. So not... She was just basically... Um... Doing her job. Yeah. Basically. Well. Yeah. 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 Which, well, and I would say Dr. Hughes, but none of Amber's witnesses, really. They're, no. they're her expert witnesses were but laughable. But that looks better for Johnny as well, doesn't it? Because it's like, actually, I've got, we've, we've not called her because she's going to slate Amber. We've yeah. Called her because, yeah. She's okay. not some circus clown that's yeah. just here on my butt. Yeah, like. right, okay. So, now, Dr. Curry, she's really high up in her field. She knew her shit. She really didn't appear biased. And, you know... She gave clear and concise conclusions of her findings and why and how she came to those conclusions. On top of that, you know, she's got her beauty and everything, so she wasn't bad to look at. Yeah. Um, which obviously is not not how you judge people, but it was nice to have some judge people. On no, that. I don't. But it was nice to have someone pretty to look at. It really was. Yeah. So during this, uh, instead of that, yeah, that really weird face pulling that that guy done. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, during this, I'm going to play, play quite a bit of audio just because I can't say it as well as she did. Yeah, I'm yeah. not that clever. No, I'd love no, to no. be. I aspire to be, but I'm just not. You're training. You're in training. I'm in training to be clever. <laughs> <laughs> Good baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> so Dr. Kerry started off by saying who she was, what she does, and then she went into detail um, of what they looked at when they covered Amber Session, or when they were in Amber Session, should I, should I say. Uh, they literally went through Amber's whole life, um, from the people in it to how she got to her diagnosis, like from when she was a child, like she looked at everything basically. Okay. Um, now Popcorn Planet, who I've mentioned before, um, who covered this trial. We don't get paid by Popcorn no, Planet. No, no, we don't. Way. I don't even think they know we exist. Um, th they have put together quite a lot of her um, testimony. Okay. And so I am going to nick a lot off of them. But sometimes you can hear them talking in it, but it was the best audio that find. I could find. The, yeah. The bits that I wanted to put in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought, sod it, I'll just say, look, this is how it is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, big up to Popcorn Planet. 
Um, so yeah, I think, I guess start with, we'll just dive into some clips. Okay. So what we'll do is I've got a few things. So I just think if we play them back to back yeah. and then we'll have a little chit chat about it. There was information that supported it from multiple sources. One of the main tests that I used, she obtained scores that were consistent with those diagnoses. There was evidence of those diagnoses in her records and in her self-report. The first was actually my own behavioral observations of her based on her self-report. So one of the hallmark characteristics of histrionic personality disorder is sort of a overly dramatic presentation. We call this impressionistic speech. So it tends to be very flowery. It uses a lot of descriptive words like magical, wonderful, and it can go on for quite some time, and yet it really lacks any substance. So at the end, you're left wondering what was just said or what the answer is to the actual question. So that occurred a number of times, um, and it also represented the quick shifts you'll see between emotions. So she would suddenly be one way and then she would become very animated or very sad. And when people are displaying these emotions with this personality disorder, it, there's a sense of shallowness to it. People who are observing them will feel like uh, it's almost play acting, and they might not be able to put their finger on it, but part of it is because of the rapidness with which the person can switch emotions and also the lack of substance. They don't really refer to, I feel this way. They might describe emotions, they might describe events, but very rarely, and I, Ms. Heard did not say, I vulnerable. She never really indicated a vulnerable feeling of her own. Okay, so psychological tests. First of all, I asked her a couple questions from something called the mini mental status exam. That's really just a fancy way of saying that I wanted to make sure that she was alert and oriented to, we call it person, place, and time. That means she knew who she was, she knew who I was, she knew where we were, and she knew the date. That Good. way I can ensure that she's able to participate in the evaluation and understand what's happening. I then, um, administered something called the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory 2. And this is something we call an objective measure. It asks 567 questions or statements and the person either agrees or disagrees with them, how oh much God. the statement represents them. And this test has been around since 1943. There are more than 10,000 studies showing that it is appropriate for determining somebody's personality traits and how a person thinks, feels, and behaves in multiple different aspects of their lives. It also measures very accurately um, any signs of mental illness or dysfunction. And the reason I also really like this test, whenever you're using a test for an evaluation that's going to be used in a forensic setting, people have a lot of incentive to present themselves in a way that's going to benefit their case and they may want to look like they're sicker than they really are. They may want to look much healthier than they really are. And some of those um, incentives, they may not even realize that they're intending to do that. So it can be conscious or unconscious, but you really need to have a test that can check for that. And the MMPI-2 has a set of validity scales, we call them. These are scales that measure really the truthfulness and accuracy with which a person is approaching the test. And these, these scales on this particular test have been so well researched over many decades that they've become very nuanced and they can tell us a lot about if somebody's, for instance, exaggerating, are they elevating one of the scales that shows that they're exaggerating on purpose? Are they exaggerating in a manner that's more like a cry for help? This is crazy. Are they exaggerating in a manner that's clever and sophisticated or more obvious? And then the same exact thing goes for trying to minimize symptoms. We have a number of scales that can show us all the different, if somebody's trying to say they're the most wonderful person on earth, or if they're just trying to deny problems. And if they're doing that again in a very clever way. So the reason that last bit I wanted to include was A, to show you what kind of thing they were looking for and testing for, should I say. And also it highlights how rubbish Amber's doctor was because she'd done a few tests that Dr. Curry said but she didn't do them to the degree that Dr. Curry did right and well she half asked it from what I can see basically but also a lot of all this stuff that Dr. Curry said she was looking for 
Dr. Hughes didn't. So right. I just really wanted to highlight that. Yeah. So that test was my choice for this case. There's one other reason I'd like to add is that part of my evaluation, one of the reasons was to assess whether Ms. Hurd has post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of the incidents that she's alleged occurred by Mr. Depp. That's a really tough disorder to find out if somebody's faking it or not. It's one of the most easily faked disorders. Most of us know what it feels like to feel anxious. And a lot of people have seen war movies and movies that depict somebody having PTSD. And in fact, some research has shown that if you give someone a diagnostic checklist and said, show that you have PTSD, they can do it 96% of the time, just someone on the street. So you really need a test that's very sensitive to that. And the MMPI-2 has been shown in multiple studies to be excellent at detecting those attempts. So I also performed the clinician-administered PTSD scale. Um, to do that test, you first administer something called the Life Events Checklist. And the Life Events Checklist, both of these tests, by the way, were developed by the National Center for PTSD with the Department of Veterans Affairs. But the Life Events Checklist lists 16 different very stressful life events that people can go through that are often can be associated with developing PTSD. And then it also has a 17th item that you can fill in if you feel like you've been through something really difficult that wasn't included. Now, I like to also add something called the Life Events Checklist 5 interview, which digs a little bit deeper into the person's childhood as well. There's so many different things that can be difficult growing up. And also, it's very important that you have the person determine which of the events they've listed. Let's say they have a number of different lame, types like, oh, tell of me traumas. More. <laughs> which one do they feel like was the most? And sometimes they can't just identify one. That leads to your next decision. So if they have multiple different similar types of events, like seeing combat, then you might use that as the worst one. Now, if somebody had multiple different traumas from different times in their life, like childhood abuse, and then went to combat and had some horrible things happen there, you would do the clinician-administered PTSD scale test. You do one for the childhood event and a separate one for the adulthood event. The MMPI-2 is actually the most commonly used assessment worldwide by mental health professionals and in forensic settings for the court. I used it for that purpose and for its excellent validity in those settings across genders, across ethnicities, um, for different reasons, but then also for detecting the accuracy with which a person reports PTSD. These are behaviors that are usually very extreme and very concerning to the people around them. The anger, it's counteractive, right? So the thing these people fear most is being abandoned, but over time, the explosive anger that they show when somebody is needing space or when somebody's really not doing anything wrong, because a lot of times they read into things that they perceive as being a slight to them or being somebody intending to harm them that actually isn't happening. They'll exaggerate it and they'll explode. They'll react in this heightened manner that is just exhausting for their partners. Oftentimes their partners will try to make them happy at first and really allow themselves to be a punching bag, thinking that they can somehow solve this problem, that somehow they can make this better. And eventually it just overwhelms them. Are you familiar with the term emotional reactivity? Emotional reactivity is very common in the diagnosis. Like I said, there's instability in emotions. People with borderline personality disorder are often misdiagnosed as having bipolar disorder because they can be up and down. They can look very depressed and they can look very elated, but these changes are happening within a matter of hours. Somebody with bipolar disorder, these are this is a clinical depression lasting days, weeks, a clinical mania where sometimes they even need to be hospitalized. With borderline personality disorder, you're having these fluctuating moods constantly. And again, this hypersensitivity to being slighted or feeling offended, really driven by the fear that if you're offended or slighted, if the therapist comes in two minutes late, or if somebody shows up to dinner two minutes late, that they might be abandoning you. And it's not as if the borderline is considering themselves abandoned in that moment, but they just know that they have this overwhelming emotion and there are no attempts to control that emotion. There's no, there are no attempts to regulate it. So if they're in the middle of the restaurant and they feel offended, they're gonna start the fight. Uh, people are going to see it 
or they might just start crying or break down, but they'll make a lot of accusations. And that reactivity is when you're gonna just, you're gonna see a lot of this escalation in the bizarre behavior. They can react violently, they can react aggressively, they will often physically prevent their partner from trying to leave if their partner wants to get space from all of this intense emotion. And oftentimes they will uh, be abusive to their partners in these situations. Sometimes they'll physically restrain them from leaving and become injured that way, but also, People with borderline personality disorder, it seems to be a predictive factor for women who implement violence against their partner. And one of the most common tactics that they'll use is actually physically assaulting and then getting harmed themselves. But mostly um, we call this administrative violence. So essentially this is saying that they'll make threats using the legal system. So they might say that they are going to file a restraining order or claim abuse or they might do these things to essentially try to keep their partner from leaving. In the moment, again, they're not consciously thinking, I'm gonna keep my partner from leaving right now. They're just thinking, I can't stand this. I hate my partner. They went from idealizing to suddenly devaluing because of the hurt, and they'll do anything to express that big emotion of anger. In your review. So there were uh, a couple indications to me. Dr. Cohen's records, he refers to this reactivity quite a bit and to Ms. Hurd's temper. And that, that temper is often branded or being hot-headed is really characteristic of borderline personality disorder, as is their ch very charming personable nature. This is a disorder of contradictions. In Nurse Filotti's notes, she references a night when they're out to dinner, I believe in London, and she provided positive reinforcement to Ms. Hurd because Ms. Hurd had been uh, disappointed by a mistake made by the server. And it sort of references how previously she might have criticized the server or be become upset by that um, and that she didn't this time. And so that that had been some sort of a, a step forward. There was also an indication actually in Dr. Hughes's, uh, Dr. Hughes is a forensic psychologist who had been appointed by Ms. Hurd to conduct as an evaluation as well. In Ms. Hughes's interview of Ms. Hurd, Ms. Hurd disclosed that she had cut her arm in the past, which is a typical reactive type thing somebody with this diagnosis can do. It's one of the symptoms. Moving into um, deposition testimony, what struck me was Ms. Raquel Pennington's testimony. She's a former friend of Ms. Hurd's and she indicated, she told a story about, I suppose they were shopping for Thanksgiving accoutrements, something to prepare for Thanksgiving. And Ms. Hurd struck her in the face, sort of out of the blue, um, which is, I, I thought was interesting because that is one of those signs of borderline personality disorder where if a, if a friend or a loved one isn't meeting your needs in that moment, um, borderline people with borderline personality disorder can be very caring in their relationships as long as their needs are being met they feel that their needs should be met when they want them met um, at a specific level Ouch, and if they're no. not, then <laughs> that anger that sense of harm causes them to react so the striking miss pennington per miss pennington's report in the declaration or the testimony i thought was pretty consistent you indicated miss pennington was a former friend of, yes. Of Ms. Hurd. Is there a relationship between borderline personality disorder and intimate relationships? The instability definitely translates to their relationships. You'll see relationships start very intensely. People will, uh, somebody with borderline personality disorder perceives the relationship as extremely close. This pattern of idealizing and devaluing is definitely at play. They do this with their lovers and also with their friends. And so this might be the perfect person, their perfect soulmate friend, perfect soulmate partner, and their engagement in the relationship is very alluring, very charming to the other person. And so initially everything seems great, but what occurs is that reality sets in. People are not perfect, even when we have a lot of in common with them. Whereas most of us can accept somebody as a whole, somebody who has a little bit of flaws and still think this is my great friend who always all constantly running late for dinner. The person with borderline personality disorder, things are in these extremes, this black and white, we call it splitting. And so that person goes from being idealized, the perfect person, to dumpster. 
They are totally devalued. They are the worst friend. They don't care anything about me. I have better people around. And then there will be a repair because the person with this disorder does feel remorseful after they have these reactions, angry, tell their friend off. But over time, it wears away at these relationships. And so what you'll usually see is many, many transitions in their friendships over the years. People who have sort of fallen by the wayside, who were really very close-knit at one time, and then, but there's not a lot of consistency in the long term. You'll also see that with their intimate relationships, many, many relationships, but none that are particularly long-term. So in addition to looking for Ms. Hurd's general mental status, any psychological issues that were present, I also conducted the clinician-administered PTSD scale, the CAPS-5, which is the gold standard PTSD assessment. I very specifically was assessing to determine whether post-traumatic stress disorder was present, and it was not. As a result of applying those protocols, what did you conclude? Ms. Hurd did not have PTSD, and there were also pretty significant indications that she was grossly exaggerating symptoms of PTSD when asked about them. How did you make that latter conclusion? One of the strengths of this test is to make sure that the person is responding accurately. And this test does that by not just asking people whether they have a symptom, but asking follow-up questions that draw out very detailed accounts of every single symptom of PTSD. And when you're really familiar with this disorder, which you need to be to administer this test, there are nuances in the way a person will describe their symptoms that have been shown repeatedly to indicate exaggeration or faking. There are also indications when somebody is clearly giving you a genuine response. What is feigning? Feigning is essentially faking or exaggerating symptoms that aren't present. Does the CAPS-5 control for that? It doesn't necessarily control for it. It can expose it. Because you're not just simply handing the person a checklist that says, here are all the symptoms of PTSD. Why don't just check off the ones you have, which clearly if you're trying to look like you have PTSD, you would just check them all. The CAPS-5, because it requires them to describe in detail how they experience the symptom, where it shows up, what it looks like, what sort of examples they can give you. By the end of each symptom, you've gotten a very good picture of a couple things. One, does it meet the definition of the symptom? Are they getting it right, right? Is this actually the symptom or are they kind of confusing this with something else? Number two, are they giving you very vague accounts, kind of a stereotyped idea of what the symptom is based on media or movies or something that actually is completely different from genuine experiences of this symptom? Or are they giving you a very genuine, heartfelt, sometimes minimizing, but it's ticking all the boxes, their mannerisms while they're describing it, the uh, actual very specific, very nuanced, symbolic ways they're describing it. A lot of times it smells, it sounds, that all appears in genuine accounts and it's something that people really get wrong when they're feigning. Dr. Curry, you're not board certified, correct? No, I'm a licensed clinical psychologist. And you also have only been practicing approximately eight years, is that correct? That's not correct. I've been licensed for 10 years, okay. and I've been practicing for about 15 years. That is correct. And then I ask, have you ever arrived at that opinion in the time that you have served as an expert witness in this case? And your answer was, can you read that to the jury, please? So no, it's not the task. I, what I said then was, no, Dr. that's Curry. not the task okay. of DASH. That was never my task to determine. Can I say what that means? No, and then okay. the question is, so is it fair to say, can you repeat that one more yes, time? That you did not me. disclose in any of the designations or in your report that you had dinner and drinks with Mr. Depp, correct? I did not disclose that I was interviewed by the legal team, no. I asked a different question. Are you trying to resist that you didn't have dinner with Mr. Depp? I'm not trying to resist that, but it's not quite right. So did you get what Elaine was trying to, the female lawyer at the end? What she was trying to say there? Yeah, she's trying to say that she was uh, on their side, wasn't she? Pretty much, yeah. So, you know... <laughs> I love you. No, you cannot explain that. Yeah. So she basically wanted them, like the jury, I guess, to think 
that she's on Johnny's dime. She's there to be like, Johnny's good, Amber bad, dad. Well, she was his witness, though, in all fairness. Yeah, yeah, she was. But again, I think she was very fair and she really explained everything she was doing and why Who she was, was doing it. Who was the bloke asking other questions? Though? That was um, Johnny's team to begin with. And the woman asking. Oh the yeah, question. I know the woman at the end. Yeah, but I just want to know who the bloke he was. Yeah, so I've heard yeah. his voice before. So it was Johnny's side. So right. I must say, Amber's lawyers—they were a bit. Well, Elaine was a bit crap on cross. She really was. So Elaine tried to argue with the judge at one point when the judge ruled a question of speculation. Epic, isn't she? Uh, I mean, you've got to give her a due, Elaine. She's something else. I think it's in my next right. case at the end. I have said a bit about her, just a little bit. Do we have any bit. audio of her? I feel like we need some. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm, I'm team Elaine. Yeah, she is. She is. She is epic. Fun and games, isn't yeah. she? So, but yeah, when like she's arguing with the judge, I'm like, man, she's the judge. Like what she says goes. You don't argue with it. Like even if you find it unfair, uh, tough shit, she's judge. <laughs> Like, it's crazy. I'd argue with the judge, though. Well, you probably would. You'd yeah, argue with your bloody yeah. self, you would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so they really, Amber's side, really just tried to discredit Dr. Mc, uh, Dr. Curry uh, by implying that she was biased witness and she was friendly with Johnny and they used to go for dinner and drinks and, you know, all that stuff. And, it, you know, it was a bloody interview. I wish you had some audio of uh, Elaine and... And Dr. Curry. Yeah, I think there might... Yeah, I think there is some coming up, actually. Oh, yes, I can't wait. So, yeah, Elaine, it was an interview. Team Elaine. they done that to see if they wanted to hire her, if she had the right credentials, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Well, of course, that's their job at the end yeah. of the day. They're not going to put someone on that's going to be like, yeah, it's an absolute fucking tosser. Actually. Yeah, and I, they wanted a professional witness yeah. so they can go, look, this isn't just me saying it. And I love this how is... she's trying to discredit how long she's been doing it for and she yeah. got it wrong. I'm yeah. like, in your face, If you're going to throw that up in there, at least yeah. know your facts. Yeah, have it right. Again, that sounds like a mistake that I would make. These are lawyers, this, yeah. you know. Yeah. It just, it blows my bloody mind. Mind. We it need really a little does. episode on half the time. <laughs> so we'd be fucking shit here. <laughs> episode four? No. Five, episode six, 12. <laughs> Another thing uh, that Elaine went on and on and on about were the muffins. Have you heard about the muffins? No. Jeez, Louis. So she tried to imply that Dr. Kerry had not kept Amber's, meet, Amber's meeting confidential because her husband bought in muffins that her and Amber ate. <gasps> I know. Can Amber, you even you believe it? Little fatty in the so, muffin. I will play you the clip with this. It has got Elaine in it, and it oh, is. I love Elaine. You will love it. You will love it, and it made me laugh. And I just thought it highlighted just how silly the root of questioning was. So yeah, I will play that one for you now. Yes, I'm on that one. I'm all for Elaine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Miss Love it. Is it Miss or Mrs. 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 Curry? She married or not? She's married. She's got a husband. So. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I didn't do the thing. Sorry, hold on. Bear with us. We're going to get the clip. Did about being involved in this case that you told your husband, even though this Here is a confidential matter, that you Here were going to is be the conducting the examination of Ms. Oh, here come the muffins. You. Ms. Bredehoff, that is not accurate. What is accurate? You're incorrect. That is not correct. You, is your testimony today under oath that you did not tell your husband that you were going to be conducting the examination of Amber? That is my testimony. So the question that was asked was because you brought muffins, you said from your husband, right? You get, And you gave those to Ms. Heard, correct? May I clarify what occurred so that we can stop talking about the muffins? What happened was that <laughs> I was getting ready for Oh, God. Oh, my God. Muffins. Oh, wow. Yeah, I want to hear this. Frequently bring muffins to the office. My husband did happen to know that there was going to be a celebrity client coming in because on the mornings that that occurs, we have to actually clear the office and move the staff to the other office. So yes, I was getting ready. I asked him to go to the bakery near our house and pick up the muffins for me because I was running late. He oh often has God. to do that because I often do run late. He brought the muffins back to the house. Oh, she's I, on Andy time. I brought them into the office. Ms. Hurd and I enjoyed the muffins together. I think I made a comment to her along the lines like, my husband got these for us today, meaning he purchased oh. the muffins. We are now enjoying them because of him. So I could have gone on about Dr. McCurry all day long. I really could have because I just loved her. I really was interested in what she was saying. I just found it so interesting. Um, <laughs> but that's pretty much all I will say about the Dr. McCurry testimony because I don't want to bore you, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, she did well, didn't she? Like you say, she conducted a lot of um, different, what are they called? 
tests. Tests, thank yeah. you. On on her just to see where her head's at and and things. I think she did well. And I think you did well to play the clips because like you say, it's good when you've got so much audio, mm. it's hard to know what to play, isn't it? But also as well, it's so good because you've got it coming straight from them, not yeah. from you. So it's like, you know, what better you know, you can't yeah. get any better, can you? Like I said, I couldn't have said any of that no. half as well as she did. No, not no. even a little bit. I'd like she just done loads of tests and she was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> That's exactly. pretty much as good as it gets. Exactly. So, moving on then, on the same day that um, Dr. McCurry, I will keep on saying Dr. McCurry, Dr. Curry, Dr. Curry, Dr. Curry. So, on the same mm-hmm. day that she gave testimony, a member of staff from Johnny's private island, as you do, testified that Johnny came to where she was on the island to get away from Amber after an argument. Now, Amber turned up not long after Johnny had got there. Right. And um, she was begging him to come back with her and... Um, she just really, really wasn't happy and she wasn't ready to end the fight. So he did go back with her. Then shortly after, more shouting was heard. And when Johnny saw, um, uh, when she saw Johnny again, sorry, he had visible marks on him, which he didn't have before. And Amber did not. Right. So take from that what you will. Um, Do after... we know where these marks were or it just said visible marks? I honestly can't remember. Right. Um, I'd love to give you... Because, I mean, he could be walking around in his little speedos for all we know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's really crushed everyone's Johnny. Yeah. Johnny love now. I've seen him walking around in some speedos with his like, little hair tied up in a bun. Yeah. <laughs> his glasses on. Yeah, his little blue glasses. You will not ever look at my eyes. <laughs> Don't look at my eyes. <laughs> right, so after that, we get on to day 10 of the trial. Now, here, more officers testified, um, and they said that they saw no evidence of anything other than a very upset Amber when they went to their... Um, House, yeah, the villa, pen, yeah, penthouse. penthouse, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so they said nothing really was happening apart from Amber was very, very upset. Uh, and who the... called them Amber? Who did? I got a feeling it was a friend. That right, this is them. when. Okay, is this when they staged it? Yes. Right. Okay. Um, the police officer said that he got the feeling that nobody really wanted them there, and nobody really wanted to speak to them. Right. Amber didn't really say anything apart from what she had to, like, are you okay? Do you want to say that sort of stuff? Yeah. Uh, This is the same incident that um, my mate Isaac, the guy I really like from the start, the funny one. Yeah. uh, His friend. Yeah, the accident. He had that proper strong uh, New York accent. Yeah. Um, This is where he saw her. So we also got body cam footage that showed uh, none of the horrific scene that Amber claims was there. Um, and they checked the penthouse thoroughly. Okay. We then... Oh, and nothing, obviously. Nothing nothing really no. looked... No, no. It's all untoward. fine. Untoward, yeah. Yeah. We then have the um, pre-recorded uh, deposition of Alejandro Romero. <laughs> Who's that? Now, <laughs> this is another guy that I really loved and I highly recommend you go and watch. And his is quite short. Right. So it's an easy watch. Now, he is a desk clerk at the penthouse of the Eastern Columbia Building, which is the New York property. They've got desk clerks. Yeah, desk clerk, yeah, because he only owns the penthouse oh, I floor, get you. Sorry, so it right. is a building. There's loads of people living right. there, and okay. I actually don't know how big it is, but I'd imagine it's pretty big. Okay. Now this guy basically had had enough of all the bullshit. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so he, sorry, I just looking at his testimony. It's funny as fuck. He starts in his car, and he doesn't look impressed. You know, he's he's just looks like that's enough at our day don't really want a beer yeah just want to get a paycheck and go home yeah yeah definitely don't want all this bullshit <laughs> now he says he knows nothing and carries on saying that literally through the whole deposition he did say a few bits um but basically it's, i don't know i know nothing i'm not sure i wasn't there that's the death because but basically because he doesn't want to get fired yeah and i like, really don't think he knew that's no the thing. especially if they're all the way at the top and you're all the way at the bottom Mm. Like, what are you actually going to know? What are you going to know? You're, You're not, not in their life. Anything. You see them going in and out, and that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So the only thing that he did say was that when he saw Amber at the time, she should have been... Uh, she should have been... Well, I say wearing, but she should have had the bruised cheek, basically. Yeah. 
um, he saw no bruises or swelling right. or cuts. So he's not or... being an arsehole. He's no. just being like, I don't know, no. but the things I do know, I will tell yeah. you sort of thing. He said that he was in close contact with her, as in close enough. If she had a bruise, he would have saw it. Right. Um, the thing that made everyone laugh was that during his deposition, he starts driving. He's in his car. He starts driving and vaping. <laughs> It was just like, you can't even make this shit up. <laughs> even the, jo- uh, the, the judge the judge afterwards, she was like, I've never experienced that before. <laughs> <laughs> Basically like me on the lives. Literally. There, falling asleep or vaping or something. <laughs> it was funny. Like you wouldn't have thought this guy was doing a court deposition at all. Now there's uh, another guy um, that done a pre-recorded deposition. He was called Christian Corino. Corino. Um, so he was up next. And, and who was he? He worked for Johnny and Amber. As... I forget what he was. He was... Oh, jeez, Louise. Something to do with Hollywood. <laughs> he was uh, something. Yeah, he was, he, something. he was something. Um, and he said that Johnny's reputation was good up until Amber's op-ed came out. Yeah. Now, he was asked about Johnny's reputation for being late on set. And his answer was that... I know nothing. It had never been an issue. Um, It was this guy that Amber asked to set up um, a meeting with Johnny after she had acquired her restraining order against Johnny. So she's got a restraining order against him, but she still needs to see him because that's apparently what you do. Yeah. Now, this is how they came to meet in San Francisco and make some of the recordings that were played in court. I think they recorded the whole lot of it, to be fair. In the recording, Amber can be heard saying over and over that she loves Johnny and she keeps trying to touch him. And, like, let's remember that, you know, this is a man that she's supposed to be scared shitless of and wants to be free of and can't have near her and all the rest of it. But in this recording, she's very much like, I just want to touch you. I just want to touch you, Johnny. I love you. you know? I like your Amber boy. I know. It's good, isn't it? It's really good. It is. You really nailed it. I did. Can tell you, you can tell you watching I've literally watched too much <laughs> actually yeah no it did sound a bit well, I'm not quite like that but you get the gist now this guy Christian he also said that it was only two days after the op-ed re- uh, was released that Johnny was fired from Pirates and that it was because of what Amber said in it mm-hmm. it's a really sad isn't it it is like, sad it is I mean because now he won't go back because yeah. they're arseholes yeah and it's just sad, isn't it? For something that he's done for so long. Yeah, and, and people loved him doing and it. And also, as well. as well, yeah, because he's a fucking good actor. Yeah. But also, as well, like, you got to think, um, I can't remember what I was going to say now. You've ruined it. Sorry. Ruined it. You but, said it was really sad. No, yeah, it's really sad because all of this could have been prevented if they would have just given some time. Like, I know they don't want to be linked to an abuser. Mm. Like, I get that. I do know what, like, you know, no, no nobody, it, like, the, no. the, when there's children and stuff watching. But at the same time, like, if they would have just waited it out yeah. just a little bit, just to see what was going to happen, yeah, sort and of thing. Delayed like, the film, or said to Johnny, yeah. look, can we miss you out of this one until your legal woes yeah. are over? But just delay the fucking film, man. Like, delay it, just delay it. Yeah. Because it's not like they haven't got enough money to delay no. it. Do you know and what I mean? here's the star. And, oh, that's what I was going to say. He's done it for how long has he been in it for? I'm going to say, I think it's like 10 <sighs> years in there. Do you know what? Back. I was pregnant with my first baby and I went to the cinema oh, so 30, and it wasn't 40. even the first one that I was watching. Right, so say he's been in it for four, say ten, just say 10 years, right? That's a lot of of time to dedicate to one role, basically. Yeah. I know he's paid well, don't get oh, me wrong. Oh, yeah, for sure. But he must have had must have wanted to really do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't watch it about him in it. I'm no. not gonna lie. I do he quite is like the franchise. Mm-hmm. He is the franchise. Yeah. yeah. He is the the bread and butter, yeah. isn't he? It's so. just really sad. I think just that's what I'm sad about. It's just the way way that he was treated in that respect just dropped. Yeah. You know, without you know, without giving him sort of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And these are people. It's not like your average Joe off the street that sees these claims and believes them. These people knew him, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And they couldn't give him the benefit of the doubt. No, or just wait. Yeah. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Just wait. Just yeah. so that we will wait it. Because they it didn't out. even ask about it. They just acted. They weren't like, "What's this? What's going on? Yeah. Da da da. What's and the he truth? wasn't even named in it. No. Do you know what I mean? I know obviously everyone knew it was about him, yeah. but he wasn't actually named yeah. in it. So Yeah, there was no... You'd hope, wouldn't you, if you were going to get fired from a job, 
they'd have a good basis to fire you. You've yeah. done something yeah, wrong. Exactly. Or if there was any question about it, they talked to you about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That didn't we've here. gone, we have this conversation a lot of time, probably off air and on air. But you look now, like, I look at sort of like, say, the people I used to hang out with and stuff, right? Or like, say, like, we were in school, right? There's a lot of people in school that had older boyfriends. And when I say older boyfriends, they'd be like driving and stuff, yeah? yeah. Right? That now you're a paedophile. That yeah. is paedophilia is what people but back when we were at school yeah, it was just cool it was just fine yeah. right so you think actually you know it, you that people have got away with things like that for so long mm. that that even if he was this woman abuser person right just hold it out and wait and see what happens and then carry on like this you look at the whole thing that's gone on I'm, you know, I'm, you know what I'm trying anyway, to say. Well, like Harvey Weinstein, for instance. Okay, the Me Too movement came out and kicked his ass. Oh, yeah. brilliant, good. But how many years? It was like everybody in Hollywood said this. This was like the most known secret. Yeah, of, of Hollywood. And oh, look at um Prince Andrew. Yes, like prime example. Yeah, like I get he's Jeffrey been, Epstein. Yeah, mm. he's been dropped from his role as whatever he was. I don't no, know what he was because I don't really follow it, but. You know, he's still allowed. He was still at the fucking Jubilee. Absolutely fine. He wasn't. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought he wasn't. Allowed. Absolutely fine. Not on it, but he was. He was there. He wasn't allowed. I don't know. There's something he wasn't allowed to do, but he wasn't allowed to do something. But he was there. Mm. Like he was there. The, like still doing royal yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. enjoying the money and still everything. living in a house that we pay for. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That, that really pissed me off with him. I mean, listen to proven guilty and all that. But he's seen it's not just innocent. But you till just proven said it then, innocent till proven guilty. They didn't even give him Johnny that. nothing, yeah. no. But Prince Andrew, fine, yeah. absolutely fine. I know it's America and I know it's a bit different, but I just but think... it's not. I mean, it, it like laws are different in that, but the actual principle, of common all... decency mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's universal, you yeah. know. Like I'm fine for him to live in that house until he is proven guilty, but he's never gonna. He's never. There's never gonna be no charges against him. Why haven't it been already? Like yeah. it's been long enough. Yeah. So there isn't, is there? Realistically, yeah. so he's always gonna live in that house. But at the same time, like we all know what he did. Like let's mm-hmm. let's face it. You're not gonna be hanging around with uh, Jeff Jeffrey Epstein and a. Uh, not touching some mm-hmm. kids, are you? Do you know what I mean? And nobody, I don't mean like businesses and that, because I honestly don't know, but nobody famous, as in famous friends and that, will be seen with him anymore. No, exactly. Because they know he's a freaking, freaking pedo. pedo. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is, uh, when we were at school, like back when they were actually doing that shit, it was fine to do. Yeah. Like no one really cared. I can remember a girl in our school was going out with like a twenty-three-year-old, and I yes, remember our whole I mean. friendship group was like, "Wow, yeah, amazing." Looking oh, at now, it's so cool. Taylor came to me and said, "Oh, I'm going out with a twenty-three-year-old." I'd be like, "No, you're not. No, you're not." <laughs> and what the fuck would a twenty-three-year-old want with a thirteen-year-old? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you look at the age difference and you think, "Why?" Like I look at the people that I hang around with and I think, "Why would they want to hang around with us?" Yeah, like. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Now yeah. it's weird. Like, lucky for us, nothing ever yeah. happened. Like, the thing is, I think a lot, especially when you're younger, you think of pedos, murderers, you'd be able to look at them and tell that they're, they're that kind of person. Because, but you can. But you can't. No, exactly. And also as well, what difference is it, right? What basically, right? So say you've got a child. I know we're totally off topic here, but say you've got a child, right? And they're with um, a 20-year-old, right? Mm. And they they don't have sex with them until... The clock strikes 12 on their birthday and they're 16. Mm. What difference is the day before that to the day, day after? after? You know? what? You know? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to go more off topic, but no names mentioned, but I have a friend. Do I know his friend? Yeah, but you don't know the person that I'm going to speak to. Her yeah. friend yeah. was with this man for 12 years. Yes. Um, now, her daughter wasn't his, but he raised her from a baby. Then just after her 16th birthday, while he's still with the mum, not even get together, but he texts the daughter and said something along the lines of, I just needed to let you know that I'm having, I've had all these feelings for you. Oh my God. That sort of thing. Now the daughter told the mum. Yeah. And they split, no, they split up and da, 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 da. But because the daughter is a bit of a troubled kid. Yeah. She does blame the daughter for <gasps> leading him on and like getting him to come to it. And, oh my god! And I'm like, person. even if the daughter did do that, yeah, 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 he's an adult. Yeah, he, for all intents and purposes, is her father figure. Yeah. No, 
Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's raised her since she was a baby. Yeah. Like, you got to look at that and think, what the fuck? Yeah. What other girls have you been looking at? And thinking, yeah. Like, what difference is it when she's, you know, 15 to the day, the day after when she's 16? Yeah. She's still a child. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if she is this promiscuous kid and da da da, she's obviously got a lot of demons. So, and she's obviously learned it from somewhere, let's yeah. be fair. So, so, let, let, you know, protect your daughter, even if you don't always like her decisions. Protect your kids, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? It's so, it's so wrong. So much wrong in this world when it comes yeah, to it. Really is. It's such a fine line between being a pedo and not. Like, you know what? Mm. Diff- you know, a seventeen-year-old being with a sixteen-year-old to me is not a pedophile. No, because the age gap. There's months, you know, months mm-hmm. difference between the age them. gap. So, but a twenty-year-old being with a 13, 14, 15 year old. No, that's, it's something wrong yeah. with it. But like you say, we would all be like, oh my God, she's got a boyfriend and he mm-hmm. drives a car. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird. Like now looking back, it's yeah. so weird. Thing is, I think when you're that age, you think you're grown up, don't oh, you? Oh, of course you do. So if you're with a grown up, you just feel more grown up. Of course you do. Yeah, of course you do. But, but being a grown up looking at it, you're like, no. Yeah, like you say, like imagine Jasmine coming home to me and being like, Ma, I've got this boyfriend, but he's like 25. I'd be like, what does a 25-year-old want with you? Yeah. Because it's wrong. Yeah. It's so wrong. It is. It's just like... I've got, I've got no issues with, I don't know, 30-year-olds going out with 50-year-olds. Not no, at all. You no, do not you. at all. Like, no. you are mm-hmm. grown up. You have that brain capacity to make choices yeah. like that. Yeah, That's exactly. Fine. Your brain is developed enough, you know, emotionally, Yeah. yeah, to make those choices. But... No, it's just so wrong. Yeah. So wrong. There was a, a bloke, I think we talked about it last week, actually, a bloke that we all, well, we, I don't quite know him, but he's, like, from our, like, when we would hang around, all hang around together, mm. he was, they were, it's like, the paedophile hunters were like, at his door. Oh, yeah, no, you did, yeah, yeah. yeah. You said it, so I don't know if it's on the, on yeah. the podcast. But, but you... we all, yeah, somehow we all sort of know him. I know his face, but I, like, because he's older, looking at him, I can't quite picture Placing. who he was, yeah. yeah. But, like, he knew everyone we knew, so we must have known him. We must know who he is, do you know what I mean? But the name doesn't ring a bell, and I think I only knew a few Lukes. Yeah, and I don't remember anyone. I'm terrible. I barely remember you. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. When I, when, like, me and Sam were best friends since we were, like, I think it was year two, wasn't it? Or year one, it might have been, actually. And then we sort of drifted apart a bit, and then when I seen her again, I was like, who are you? Yeah. And she was like, I don't even know who you are. I thought, well, okay. Please stop Do you want to be best friends again? And you were like, yeah. 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 friends. I've got to do my my bit for, you know. Charity? Yeah. Yeah. For the the under, underachievers, under... If that's what you want to label yourself as, I'll, I'll accept it. For the ugly one that hasn't got a face for no a face for the telly, or you haven't a, got a face for telly or voice for radio. Voice for radio. I was like, well, it's not a fucking radio. It's a fucking <laughs> podcast. Why can't people understand that? <laughs> someone was um this is right way off topic. Someone was um mugging me off. Well, asked me off back along. She's like, you've only got like. You're, you've only got like, I don't know, like 20 listeners. And I'm like, no, that you're looking at YouTube. Like, I don't even promote it on YouTube. I've just put a video up there. So our name's like on mm-hmm. YouTube in case we ever want to use it. And um, she was like, yeah, but no, that's not right. I was like, we, ha- we have a podcast. Yeah. yeah, but I've got all these followers or what, listeners. I'm like, no, you're, you're on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, but like arguing with me, black and blue. I'm like, it's a fucking podcast. Yeah. So we've got 20 listeners. Um, 20,000. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Stick that up your ass Literally. and smoke it. <laughs> Literally. So, anywho, back to this. Um, Next up, we then have Johnny's divorce lawyer, which is a different lawyer from his legal team that he's got during this trial. Yeah. Um, And... We were talking, we were talking, me and the lawyer were just chatting like you did. Yeah, you had a chat, did you? <laughs> we did. Yeah, yeah. No. So uh, the lawyer was talking about her communications with Amber's lawyer during the divorce proceedings, who said that Amber would be following a scorched earth strategy against Johnny. Now, I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty simple what it means, but this means that basically she'd take it to the media, try and drag him through the mud. Do everything she can. I think basically. as well by calling the police on him, like she did. I think that was her a scare tactic she was trying to use yeah. for him. Like, look at what I can do. Yeah. Like, look at me. Everything. I genuinely, genuinely. She's not stupid. Don't believe that. The, what happened was her goal. I think she thought if she threatens and threatens and threatens enough, 
he'll stay, he to stay with her. What she he wants, yeah. whatever that might she be. She doesn't like it when she's not in. No, when people don't do what she wants. Like yeah. she's a very pretty girl. Gorgeous. She's definitely, everyone is always, I think, just giving her what she wants. She's always had yeah. what she wants. She's never. Yeah, and if had... they don't, she finds a way to make them do mm-hmm. it. Yeah, exactly. Which is so sad because she could have had such a good career oh and God. she's lost yeah. it really. Yeah, you know, it is sad. And I'm, I've, but I've said people it... like that deserve to lose it because why yeah. should they be a role model to young children? They yeah. shouldn't be. Like, you know, like, look at, you've got to look at, I've heard it off topic again, but look at all the influences you've got nowadays that kids are looking up to. Yeah. Like, it's fucking boring. That is a scary thing. It's not like stars and that are untouchable anymore. No. Everything's on social media. Everything mm-hmm. is immediate. Mm. It's there. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, you do get these influences that, all right, maybe not do as well as Johnny Depp, but they do okay for themselves. Yeah. But our kids are watching them and, I mean, there are a few good ones out there. Don't get me wrong. Some of them, I'm like, what the actual? It's like one F in ten are good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I classify myself as a good one. Of course. Yeah, you know, because I teach people shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But... <laughs> <laughs> what shit do you teach them? Just like curiosity. I do teach people how to clean well. Yeah, you do. You got that? You I do. What you do, Chuck? I do. I do. That's the only thing I can do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure I can't think of anything right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'll, give me a minute. Give me yeah, a minute. I'll my brain's a bit busy, so you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm concentrating on this case right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so back, back to it. Then we have Mr. White, and he is Johnny's forensic accountant. What the fuck is he in it? Oh yeah, because he got robbed in here of loads of money, right? Yeah. He, he did that, and I also do. Yeah, yeah, but that is what it is. But forensic accountants, like in this situation, we'd be going through stuff and being like, you made, you were spending this amount of money on X, Y, Z. You were, like there's talk about Amber's wine bill and... Oh, she's a fucking wino. Wino. And they'll be looking basically how much money did Johnny lose in this time to prove that he did suffer financially. Oh, he suffered financially. She, I bet she didn't spend a fucking penny while she was with him. <laughs> For sure. So he testified that the long and the short of it is that Johnny was getting shafted left, right and centre by yeah. people with Everyone, his money. Everyone, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So sad, isn't it? Because I think you try and put your trust in people. Yeah. And it must be so hard because you hire people. That's the thing. You're not just putting your trust in them. You are hiring, hiring them, them. And they fucking mug you off. Like, it must just be, like, gut-wrenching every single time it yeah. happens. Do you know what I mean? You must yeah. think, fuck's sake. I mean, the reason you hire these people is because, yeah, you are dealing with mega amounts of money. Mm-hmm. And... That is a lot for your average Joe to keep track of. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. No, and you've got all these houses that you're paying for. So yeah, all, and these, all these people this that private are island off you, that you can't pay for. <laughs> taxes. I mean, God, taxes will shoom straight yeah, over my yeah, head. Yeah, like, yeah, So yeah, so he testifies that people he was really just shafted. Um, now the aforementioned wine budget was in the tens of and thousands a month. You know, it's because he's all—he's got all these people leeching off him, like yeah. her sister and her sister's partner, and her sister's partner's best and friend's uncle's cousin's uh, sister's, sister's wife. dog's uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, Mister White did say that the wine budget pretty much disappeared when Amber was off the scene. Oh, now, funny, yeah. I don't say that. I'm sure Johnny was spending a shed load of alcohol. He was money having on a mega pint of wine. A mega pint. So she didn't have any mega pints. No, he was obviously, you know, I'm sure he's mega pints. Were still there, but this specific wine because they got the wine that Amber liked from a specific place. It's very nice. I can't remember how much it was, but it's like hundreds or hundreds of pounds a bottle. She was drinking it like you know, tap you, water. Yeah, <laughs> you like you know how you sort of I guess buy beer or whatever and have one a night or so. Um, you know, this was her like have one yeah. or two bottles a night. So yeah, wine budget pretty much disappeared. Right. Um. Now he confirmed that they had a meeting on Amber's birthday, which was when one of the big fights happened, and that throughout the day Johnny would take time out of the meeting to call Amber, keep her updated, what was going on, blah blah blah, and you know all that like you you do with your partner. Yeah. Um. Now, uh, Mr. White said that the only time that Johnny wasn't really with him in the meeting or his head wasn't in it is when he was getting worried about time and wanted to update Amber on what was yeah, going on. Yeah. So he said that they were able to rectify pretty much all the money issues that Johnny lost. Right. Um, now, Mr. White went through what Amber got out of the divorce uh-huh. and said that after Amber had publicly stated that she was donating all of her money settlement, 
Johnny pledging. <laughs> yeah, but she publicly said that she was donating. But it. she pledged it. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's synonymous with but one she, another. Yeah, I use them synonymously. I do. I do. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm going to pledge that I donate you a pound. That's all I've got. Okay. But you don't need it because you're only pledging it. Well, yeah, but what if I do have to pay it one day? Well, pay, so it, don't wanna... pay it in instalments like Amber's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. You don't just buy a mortgage or a house and pay no. it all in one no, go. No, you don't. So why would you pay me the pound I back did ring up my mortgage company. I was like, I've seen a house. I will pledge. <laughs> I what pledge they you. They said, fuck off. Oh, yeah. that's so mean. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, we all know that Amber didn't donate shit. No. And hasn't really. Now, Johnny offered, as I said, to pay. Amber was not cool with that. Her team were just like, nope, pay it to me. Mm-hmm. Bit fishy. Yeah, yeah. Now, we then have another... He did pay some of it to charity, though, didn't he? She he was like, no. one payment to each of the charities. Yeah. And that's when they were like, nope, give yeah. it to me. I'm yeah. doing it. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Now, I have no idea if I've mentioned this later, but... There is also, I think there's proof, but there's definitely speculation that obviously at the time um, when these pledges, donations, bullshit crap was going on, uh, Amber was with Mr. Elon Musk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I want to say that that this can be proved, but just to cover my ass, I really don't know. No. But I'm almost positive. Just so you think they might He donated money in Amber's name. That's kind of him. So, How did she get all these men to do all this shit well, for her? Well, girl's pretty, isn't she? I'm, I'm sure she gets a really good head. No, sorry, that's that wrong. That's an awful thing to say. She it's probably such a bitch. does, though, doesn't she? she I doubt it. She shits in people's beds, man. Yeah, but that's... that. Uh, Some people like it, I suppose. It could be a thing. Yeah. Maybe that's what she was doing. Oh, my God. New angle. Because they'd had a fight. She was trying to kink up their relationship. That's like, what I know it what was. will turn him on when he comes and finds a big shit in the yeah, middle of his we bed. We should so be the lawyers. Oh, God, we could yeah. do this. God, yeah. <laughs> I would have told Amber what to say. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just trying to, you know, I've got a kink for shit. Uh, normally, he likes it on the glass coffee table, but... I thought, you know... Thought I'd kink it up a bit and yeah. pop it in the bed. Why not? And bed also, sheet. It was white sheets, so I thought he'd really, really get the gist of what's going mm, yeah. on. Yeah, and when he pulls it back and gets that smell, he's <laughs> like, oh, I know Amber shit. Yeah, right. So, shit don't stink. Enough about shit, gate, because I think we've taken it to uh, a toilet human le- a toilet human level. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sheer jokes. <laughs> but I try. Doesn't matter if you crap. Keep, keep trying. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. Well done. So next, we then have another of Johnny's security team, and he testified that he has worked for Johnny for over 20 years, still works for him. And again, he didn't really have a lot to say, apart from didn't see any marks on Amber, really. That was pretty much everyone that isn't... Amber. <laughs> yeah, Amber, or somebody that used to be in a very close friends group, who I think is still lying for her because... They, they have perjured to. themselves. Yeah, perjured, yeah. Perjured, per- purged. Perjured themselves. So it's not because they like her. It's not purged, it's perjured. Perjured. Is it? Perjured. Sure? Perjured. Perjury. Perjured. Purged. Perjure. Perjury. Perjured. Perjured. Mm. Oh, fuck. You know what I mean. I don't know. Perjured themselves. Perjured. I don't think that's right. Well, like I said, do you know what I mean? Um... I could, you completely throw me now. I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, basically, everybody apart from everybody apart from she, that people like you say yeah. that have now lied for and under oath before. Yeah, so they have to keep on yeah. doing it, or else yeah. you know shit's gonna hit the fan. Now, but surely they could have come up and been like, people could have said, to, "Well, I suppose no, it's not that lawyers. It's not lawyers can't say." I was gonna say like nothing, like nothing. You won't get any. Like we'll let you off this, basically. Yeah, like yeah you get immunity deals for things, yeah, but, but not, on no, this. not on this. No, yeah. and as they've already done one trial yeah. and all the rest yeah. of it, and blah blah blah. So, where on the incident that the soda can was thrown, and um, the security guard said that uh, Johnny had already had a bag on his shoulder and looked like he was ready to leave. So that's what him and the security guard did. Mm-hmm. He also, and I guess that's why she threw the can. He also spoke about injuries he observed on Johnny during the time of his and Amber's honeymoon. Now, 
there is a picture where Johnny has a bruised eye with the staff of the, um, what was he on, the Orient Express. And you can clearly see this bruise. If I will try my best to remember and I will stick it on our Facebook page okay. for you. Um, now, he said, or the security guard said that Johnny drank less these days and that he had witnessed marijuana consumption in his presence. And he hadn't seen any other drugs, but he suspected that it was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm very aware of the time, so I think, do you want to call it quits there? Yeah. And maybe we'll do a, a little a little one. A mini. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, guys, so probably the next case we release on this will be sort of like a mini episode. And just, just so we don't bore you too much. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. And yours will be coming up at some point, won't yes, it? Yes, yes. Okay, right. brilliant. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye. Bye.